Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you if you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. The AR-15 Podcast sponsored by Otis Technology. For all your lubrication and cleaning needs for your favorite black rifle, check out Otis Technology today. Welcome back. To another episode of the AR-15 Podcast. On this episode, J.D. and I will be talking about how to stretch your budget on your next build. And I'm not sure if it's really you and I talking about it because we threw this question out on Facebook and we have about 400 answers. It was an overwhelming response from our awesome listeners. Some of it's great, awesome knowledge. And so that's what I asked the other day. Do you guys like the feedback? Do you want it? And people like it. they don't want to hear how great you and I are, but. Well, maybe that's because they know how great you and I are. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the feedback was just off the charts. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing. So, uh, looking forward to sharing all that with you. Well, let's pull you some brass and, uh, move on to our, uh, main topic as quickly as we can. All right. Thank you to our Patreon supporters that have been sponsoring the show. Jason, Tom, Stephen, uh, also a couple of new ones coming in. Uh, your support, whether $3 a month, $5, 15 10 30 it uh, all makes a difference. In fact, talking to a microphone right now that we purchased to be able to do interviews at SHOT Show instead of renting them. We are renting them each year, and now we're able to make purchases for those microphones. So thank you guys for that. If you want to support us at Patreon or through PayPal, you can go to ar-15podcast.com. That's ar-15podcast.com and click on support. Uh, also, another way to support the show is to do business with our sponsors, ammo.com, sponsoring the AR-15 podcast now for the next couple of months. You can save $20 on your next order of $200 or more on ammo. So you get ammo, you save money, and you support the show. Easy as that. All you got to do is go to the special link, ammo.com slash AR15 podcast. Click that link. It's a quick, easy sign up to do, and you're saving 20 bucks on your next order of $200 or more at ammo.com slash AR15 podcast. Which, AD, we're, we're having a marathon podcasting session yep. while you're visiting here in Dallas. Yes. And, uh, I'm wondering if we even have enough to fill up uh, what have you been doing this last week anymore since we've kind of, we're we're getting down to a very granular level, you know. We went to a movie. How about, how about we do a public service announcement for our public service? Do you have a public service announcement? Well, I think in, in the moment we can probably wing it with something. I got a public service announcement. All right. Go for it. So I like talking to the guys at the gun shop a lot and hearing stories. And one of the stories I hear, and here's your public service announcement, the more you know, ding, 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 your little NBC tone in the background. Don't muzzle anybody at the gun store. And if somebody muzzles you at the gun store, make sure you talk to them about it. I, I doubt it's going to be the guys behind the counter, but, you know, FUDs are everywhere. But if you see somebody pick up a gun, they start muzzling people. The sales guy is probably not going to say too much because, well, he wants to make a sale. Yeah, he wants to make a sale. But if you could say, hey, brah, let's keep the barrel pointed in a safe direction and obey all gun safety or just a general nice guy way. I mean, you can be a dick if you want to. Well, you could be like that RSO in the the video that's uh, come on, on uh, the Internet. That, that just bent right. that dude over the counter like he yeah. took him to town. Yeah, you could just like. Tackle the, the guy. <laughs> Dude, you're not supposed to muzzle anybody. Well, man, the RSO at the range the other day was like, um, 
was that that's not appreciated that's or not that's acceptable. not acceptable. But he said it in his dad voice. That's not acceptable. Yeah. And like, that's the voice that everybody hears and you're like, whoa. Yeah. But, uh, don't muzzle. If you're going to buy a gun, keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. Don't go into the gun store with a loaded gun unless it's on your hip and you have a CCW or open carrying and don't pull that gun out for anything unless you're shooting somebody robbing the store, I guess. That's not like advice. Don't take that advice. You know? <laughs> yeah. Don't pull it out to shoot somebody. Yeah. We didn't tell you to do that. No. But the thing is, is don't muzzle anybody at the gun counter. And if you see somebody muzzling them, muzzling the sales guy, just say, hey. Well, you know, I think we're probably preaching to the choirs. Maybe the PSA should be, if you see someone else muzzling people at the gun store when you're there. Pistol whip them. Pistol. No, no, no. Don't, <laughs> chew them out. Chew them out. Tell them why that's not acceptable. Tell them what they need to be doing to be safe. That's the important thing. Because they're going to appreciate it one day. They'll be embarrassed as you know what right then in that moment but like i remember i'm still embarrassed but you know what i learned i learned that there is a lightsaber at the end of that barrel and anything i pointed it at i cut it in half so it's an interesting way of viewing it i just avoid pointing it at anybody well i had to do you know what i had to do these little tricks in school to get to graduate kindergarten after the fifth try so you know what i'm doing whatever i can that there works you go. there you go so that's our public service announcement all right. So I guess it's off to the main topic. And so once again, you know, we, we visited this topic before and I think the last time we talked about it, the, the, the concept was where do you think you can realistically cut corners when you're building an AR? But I think we've kind of refined the topic this time around. And the idea is, you know, how do you stretch your budget? You know, uh, certainly there are things that, um, you want to spend more on and there are places where I think realistically you can spend less on if you need to. So that's kind of where we are with this. And uh, we threw that out on the Facebook page. Many of you listening are likely to uh, have been contributors. So uh, thank you for your participation. But let's start off with a couple of their uh, ideas. A and- couple? Okay. A lot. There's a lot. But before we get into that, there has to be the disclaimer. The views of the listeners of the AR-15 podcast generally reflect the views of Reed and I. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with one of our former guests who we hope is going to come back on the show, Mark Kexel. What does Mark say? So to save on your build... Uh, Mark says, utilities mostly. I spend less on water and electricity, both overrated. The more I have to spend on the rifle. <laughs> I think that's good advice. So, I mean, you know what? Turn that thermostat down a little bit in the wintertime, up a little bit in the summertime, and there you go. You got a bolt carrier group. Well, I mean, who needs a green lawn? Just turn off the water from the main. <laughs> you know, you can bathe and run off water. And, you know, frankly, if your wife complains, you know, maybe she wasn't meant for you. <laughs> Relationship advice with Reed. Uh, Stewart's up next. What does he say? He says, well, we know how JD does it. He simply only buys the receiver and saves money by not paying any other parts. You know what? Don't be judgmental. But, you know, he does have a point. I mean, in terms of the NFA, you have a lot of firearms. None of them actually shoot anything. <laughs> but well, you NFA, own a lot of firearms. Well, the NFA knows <laughs> I have a lot of firearms because they're my gun store. Oh, the store. ATF. I'm sorry. The but ATF. the ATF, yeah. The yeah, ATF. yeah. The ATF. According to the ATF, you have a lot of firearms. 
So, eh, you know, I buy parts here and there every once in a while. I'm blooming once or twice in six years. Uh, Jeremy writes in, uh, nowhere. I saved, I bought the part I wanted, then saved some more, then bought the next piece. So I bought exactly what I was wanting. No need to cut corners or make something not exactly like you want. You know, I think that's a good point. And I think we've, we've expressed that from time to time. The idea is not to come out of pocket all at once and just put giant dents in the bank to get the, the firearm you want. It's I not. Mean, well, not for most people. For you, maybe. But I think the idea of, of really being conscious of the speed, the pace, the velocity through which you're burning that cash, you can modify that. You can wait paycheck to paycheck until you have the resources to do what you're next, you know, just like Jeremy said. But and I mean, I mean, Jeremy's got something I don't. Patience. And self-control. Discipline. I see something shiny and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. But you know, I, I think oftentimes the question is, if I absolutely positively have to have it at the range tomorrow, where can I cut some corners? Yeah. And yeah. that happens from time to time. So let's move on. So, uh, Mike, Mike and, Mike and Dominique, uh, where to save money on your next AR build, build the barrel and trigger. Uh, most of the expense should be on a sweet looking rail, a cool free float, free rail. float rail, a cool stock. Save enough for a quality battle worn paint job as well. Many legit looking tier one accessories are cloned by Chinese factories and can be added for maximum Instagram appeal. You know, of course, I'm, I'm going to assume that Mike is a very tongue in cheek guy because I can't believe anybody who listens to our podcast was serious. <laughs> I but believe, that is I believe Mike is trolling us, but Dominique would never do that. Yeah, Dominique, no. It's yeah. one of those shared accounts, Mike and Dominique, so. Or maybe this is Dominique trolling us and Mike's the, the diehard. I don't know. They're going to have to let us know. All right. All right. Greg's up next. So, uh, Greg says, uh, depends on the build and purpose. I've got two nice builds with good parts and, well-known dealers. The other has Frankenstein leftover parts and some cheaper sale items on it because I was just throwing something together because I felt like it. Um, you know, I think I have an entire rifle's worth of stuff sitting in a drawer that I could just build a rifle with if I so chose. I'm pretty sure you could build like 87 Spanish Mausers too. No, only, only two. Okay. But I'm short a few parts. But like Reed's got Reed's got parts, the knowledge and the parts. Yeah, I've got some parts. Uh, up next, uh, Larry Cunningham. Uh, I don't uh, save money. I say I have to save for what I want, and I do it. Uh, most of the rifles took a year or more to build. I got an AR-10 upper and lower for Father's Day. I just happened to get the buffer assembly from my uh, local gun store who had it laying in the back and wanted to get rid of it. Man, that's a nice thing. Uh, I need a bolt and a barrel now, so maybe Christmas I'll get another piece. That's that patience, and uh, Larry's very active not only on our AR-15 page, but I think his local gun shop is uh, Staley Shooting Supply up in uh, Pace in Utah. So uh, good folks over there at that local gun store. But, yeah, that's just that, that patience. I try to have that patience. I've been trying to have that patience with a shotgun I'm buying. You have no patience. So uh, what do we have? We have Curtis that wrote in next. He says, I shop sales and collect parts over time. I'm also, also, I'm not into expensive receivers. Arrows on sale are perfect for my needs. You know, that goes back to the idea of buying a name. Yeah. Oftentimes you buy a name, even when two competing brands come from the same manufacturing. You would be OEM manufacturer. You'd be so surprised at how small the world is. Like 
there may be 500, let's say for an example, 500 gun companies, manufacturers out there that are selling you their products. And there's three that are actually making the lowers for those companies, three different companies that are supplying the majority of the lowers. So you're getting, you may be getting, you think you're buying this from this company, this direct, but they're actually sourcing out their work to another company that's doing it. Now there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I can tell you the, the top three suppliers of lowers in the industry today are very quality, very quality, but uh, it's, pretty crazy how small the AR world is when it comes to that and manufacturing and things like that. So um, what your super duper lower may have on it that costs you $20 more XYZ lower that costs you $20 left. They may roll off the same line and just have a little bit different on the aesthetics. Yeah. That's kind of funny though. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's like the old, uh, the old generic beans you used to find in the, the canned goods section, in your grocery store, just say generic yeah. green beans. Well, I mean, it may have come off of the Del Monte assembly line or canning uh, line. And so you're essentially eating Del Monte canned green beans. Just for, a different label, yeah. <laughs> for some ridiculously small price. And, you know, that goes back to the idea of unused capacity. I mean, if I have machines, if I have a 24-hour workday and I can push those machines that hard, if I am only using up eight hours of time, that means I've got another 16 hours I can sell, sell to somebody. Yeah. Why not? Craig, Why not? Craig Valentine up next. Where to save primary arms? Their sales are really hard to beat. Uh, as far as parts, I end up using a ALG QMS trigger, throwing in a JP Enterprise spring kit, and it almost makes it feel like a one-piece trigger. Oh, there you go. Primary arms, great sales. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So Nathan suggested that he doesn't cut corners. Figure this rifle is going to last me a long time, so I do it right the first time. My favorite rifles are my two builds, a 5.56 Precision SBR and a 9mm QC10 SBR PCC. Please silence all cell phones during the broadcast of the podcast. Well, I want you to know that that was uh, Tactical SHIT sending me a uh, blast about their latest sales. Do we have to bleep it out when you spell it out? I don't think so. I think okay. technically that's like a spelling bee. It's okay. Hooked on phonics with the AR-15 podcast. There you go. Up yet, up next, we have Rick wrote in, uh, I just wait until Black Friday, Labor Day, Memorial Day sales to save money. Uh, it doesn't make sense to cheap out otherwise. There, there are some pretty good sales and stuff yep. that happen even, um, as we're after Black Friday and Cyber Monday now, Christmas sales leading up. They're trying to make a big boom. Um, do you think the industry slows down in January when Shot Show comes out? People don't buy because new things are coming up on the horizon. No, I think that's probably not the case. I don't know. My suspicion is is that after Christmas, uh, at least for some time, the the retailers and distributors are trying to open up space for a new year, and so I think they probably put some stuff out there on at fire sale prices just to get it moving. Up next, the uh, Matter of Facts podcast. Um, buy excellent quality used parts. Don't cheap out otherwise. Maybe save a few bucks on a lower and an upper barrel bolt carry group, trigger group. I have a huge influence on the total package. I've bought um, some used parts before or actually built some rifles out of some used parts um, to be able to transfer over. It's a good way to save money, especially if somebody's selling something they're parting out. I want to if you like where I'm a part of Nevada shooters, they uh, cutting their rifle apart or doing a different build or have some other inspiration and they're selling something and it's a solid member with good background. 
I'm all about buying that used and saving, you know, probably 40% and what you're buying new. Uh, I like using used parts. The The problem is, is that I'm typically the one that bought them and used them. <laughs> so I don't think I'm saving any money anywhere. But, you know, I just, I just don't get rid of stuff. And I find that I've been able to get back into the, the, the bins and boxes of stuff and sometimes, you know, pull together something that, you know, the second go around is exactly what I needed despite the fact that I might have tossed apart the first time. Yeah. Alex is up next. What does Alex have? Let's see. He says cheap AR stuff usually works fine, but then I'm one of those guys that's cool with cheap barrels. $50 BCA barrels are good to go. There are great deals on optics. Picked up a one to four Bushnell for 72 ship from Brown Ells last year. Precision scope. Uh, he likes, uh, six, uh, to 24 power Athlon Argos BTR first focal plane. He says it's pretty sweet for 295. You know, I think there's a space where we all have to recognize that as an enthusiast, we're using a rifle much different than, say, you know, a squad of Marines. Tier one operating. Or, yeah, operational. Tier, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, I, I have rifles that I have not shot enough for even the crappiest of parts to begin to show wear and break down. And so, you know, I... If if you just want to be on the fun side, that's I don't see they see that as a problem. I mean, if if you know if you were like a uh, a B cop and and you had to buy your own patrol rifle, I would say absolutely not. Yeah, you you may be counting on your life on that rifle. Yeah. So and and you don't know when it's going to fail. Heck, you don't know when something's going to fail that's produced in a quality um, high expensive setup. You know, I mean, stuff just breaks from time mm-hmm. to time. Sometimes there's a flaw and you just don't know it until it's put to use. Anyway, so I don't think that's a bad approach. It's not the approach I'd take, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Toby up next. I only buy parts when major sales are happening. Fourth of July, Black Friday, Veterans Day. Um, I also buy brand parts that are too expensive but do provide value. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it too. The the deals like there's, there's Veterans Day sale. We, we're talking about... How do you have a Veterans Day sale and make sure like it benefits veterans? It's really hard to do online. So a lot of 10% offs, a lot of 5% offs and things like that. It's kind of, you know, if it was a strict Veterans Day sale or Veterans sale, you'd have to provide some identification or something like a that. DD-214, yeah. military. And doing that online, unfortunately, a lot of ability to be able to forge that and do stuff that's Yeah, I think shady. that's probably a lot easier in today's age to forge something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who do we have? Is it John? Yeah. See, John writes in, I've bought cheaper handguards and I'm doing my own trigger work. Three to f- three and a half to four pound triggers with a mil spec and a new set of springs. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch my trigger. I remember going into the gunsmith I use locally and she's talking about a bunch of the, you know, the, the standard triggers you find, the basic standard triggers you find in the, um, a lot of off-the-shelf and lower parts kits that they're just sourcing parts to fill up a bag. He said uh, they're not properly hardened. He said you you file off that surface hardening and it's just pudding underneath. Mm. And and I mean think about that. If you have an improperly hardened um, disconnector, improperly hardened uh, trigger sear, and you have a deformation of the pudding underneath the hardening, I mean you could have a 
It could be rough. You could have a failure at an, an inopportune moment. I don't think, I don't think I would. Now, I mean, if John's a gunsmith, I'd say, hell yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Um, I'm not for any assault weapons ban, but a ban on me with a Dremel or a trigger. <laughs> I'm all for, I'm all for that. I would sign up yeah. for, I'd vote against me for that. J- JD should never yeah. have a Dremel. Oh, I have a Dremel. I no, just keep it in the garage. Use it on I keep it in the garage amp. for other stuff. It doesn't come. Well, I take that back. I did use it on a Sega 12. That's different. You can use a hammer on a Sega 12. Yeah, true. Um, up next, David writes, uh, I make a list of parts I want and watch the sales, buy when I see a bargain. It takes a while to complete a build, but eventually I have a project for a rainy day. I haven't tried too many expensive triggers yet, so I'm sure that's saving me thousands already. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> what is it? Uh, we mentioned it a couple minutes ago, the ALG trigger. Yeah, the QMS and ACT. I love those triggers. Oh yeah. They're I great. mean, I mean, they're, they're not that expensive. There's others out there. I have a, in my SBR, I have a Wisconsin trigger company. Mm-hmm. Um, velocity triggers. I have one of their triggers in an AR. I I'd mean, like to have gr- one of the velocity triggers. They're, they're great. We're trying to get them on the show. Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. Reed's mad because he went to another appointment during shot show and they hooked us up with triggers. Yeah. They offered triggers to JD and JD at no point said, Hey, you know, I have a, a co-host, the brainchild behind this entire endeavor that allows me to talk to you about getting uh, samples to, to you know, run through and get feedback on. And so uh, maybe you could give me one for him. No, no. None you, of that came out of JD's mouth. Do you see this? This is the world's smallest violin. I learned that from Mr. Pink and Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. It's only for you. Yeah. My heart bleeds for you. <laughs> Seth's up next. All right, what does Seth say? He says, well, since I have the A2 pistol grip that came with my mil-spec LPK for my Anderson lower and topped off with a PSA complete upper and a buffer tube in stock, I won. I'd say the whole gun, but my next one. So far, all I have is my air precision lower and done plan on cutting corners. Going to get what I want. Well, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that that rifle that you're talking about you having one. I mean, I think we can all justify beating up on Anderson just because, you know, yeah. sometimes we like punching on the little kid. But but the other thing is, is like you mentioned the PSA upper um, for pretty cheap. I mean, if you're looking for a rifle, pretty cheap. I saw a complete lower. Well, I don't think it's cheap. I think it's very cost effective. Okay. Well, it saves money. It doesn't hurt your wallet. Yeah, it doesn't hurt your wallet. 99 bucks for a complete lower. Who was who that? We, we put that some was feedback pa- out there. And that was Palmetto. Talked about his wallet muscle hurting. Yeah, that was, pa- <laughs> that was Palmetto that did that. That they've, man, 100 bucks for a complete. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking about another piece of feedback where a guy was talking about his wallet muscle. It hurts my wallet muscle to get something expensive. Yeah. I think that hurts all of our wallet muscles, but we yeah. do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John writes in, I buy my barrels from the Mad Dog Weapons guys, Mark and Bruce. Saves money on ammo when you know they're going to shoot um, good as soon as you get them. So another shout-out, tip of the hat to those guys at Mad Dog Weapons Systems. Well, you know, I, I, I want to tell you, though, that I love my Timberwolf. I love my Timberwolf barrel, but it's not cheap. I mean, the barrel is very effectively priced. It's It's a good quality barrel. But you know what the problem is? What's the problem? When you go with a wildcat and you find yourself drifting into territory that's that's new and exciting, you costs have, money. You have to get dies. You yeah. have to get uh, new case gauges. You have to get uh, all sorts of different components. Uh, you have to you have to really you know 
step up your game to be able to feed the rifle. I mean, I think it's awesome, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think that the guys that are trying to save costs go that route. Not at, not at all. No, no, I don't think it could happen. All right, so Tim Crosno writes in, he says, well, iron sights can go for sure. <laughs> Tim just loves pushing our buttons. That's all right. We like Tim. We do? Yeah. We met him at NRA. Yeah. Shorter than I thought he would be. Tim's a good guy. Uh, Joshua and I'm next. Uh, BIPOC. No, was it NRA? Or yeah. was it? No, it was, it was NRA. It was at the Manticore Arms booth, wasn't it? It was when you were getting cake. Yeah, but did I get cake at NRA or? You got cake at NRA. I thought I got it at Shot. I didn't think there was cake at. There was cake at NRA. Hmm. I think you're misled, but I'm just going to leave it there. Tim, write in and say that you met you met us both at NRA because I was in town and he was in he was working the Appleseed booth. Man, it's so sad when our elders get older and the mm. memory starts to go. Mm. Joshua up next. Uh, bipods, saving money. Bipods, handrails, stocks. Uh, my stuff was affordable, but I made it look nice. Only expensive stuff was the assembly, the barrel, scope, etc. It's not bad. Although bipods, I mean, there are some really jicky, cheap bipods out there, and I think you have to be careful. You have to be careful where you go for a bipod. You know where those bipods come from, right? China. Yeah, when they go to SHOT Show and they show up and they think they're legit media and they take 500 pictures and measurements of all the legit bipods and then two weeks later... They got some jicky Chinese-made they, product out there. They change out the Nike factory with the seven-year-old kids making all the shoes to, yeah, yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Mike Hart writes in, AR parts have become a very competitive market. Try to find a sale. And I don't try to cheap at the same time. I guess it means I don't try to go cheap at the same time. I do not go expensive. My shooting habits don't justify it. Yeah, I think there's always a middle ground if you are patient. Something JD lacks, but it is a virtue. TJ writes in, uh, anywhere but the heart of the rifle parts, bolt carrier group, barrel, and trigger. Never skimp on them at all if possible. You know, I think that's the party line. <coughs> I think no matter where we go, that's where we always come back to. We come back to the party line. See, what does uh, Mike say? He says, for me, it's hand guards. They get out of hand fast. <laughs> and for most of us, they don't contribute much to the accuracy. Do you think he meant that pun? He didn't say no pun intended. I think he did. Okay. Uh, Ian up next. I stop eating for uh, about... Is that Ian or Lane? I guess it's Ian. You got to remember I'm buying Ian. Um, saving money on his next build, I stopped eating for about a month. <laughs> know that life. Well, Mike Clark, he's a, uh, he's a buy once, cry once kind of guy. He says, that's why I don't have much. Steven, uh, on holiday sales, don't compromise, um, on parts quality. Yeah. So that's another one of those. Look for the sales and make look it for the sales. Why don't you take Mike? Mike Quigley? Yeah. Says he uses only five squares of single ply toilet paper instead of ten. That's how he cuts corners. You know what? Do what you got to do, Mike. Way to take one for the team. There you go. Um, Dom up next. Uh, I won't go cheaper. I'll save for longer if I have to. That's part of that patience brigade. That uh, they're able to do things that I'm not. Like wait. You're so pathological. <laughs> Vernon up next. What does he say? He says liquor. I find that the build is both cheaper and more reliable 
with less of it. <laughs> I think that I think that's true. That's good advice. And the build goes together easier. I mean, you don't have to look out of one eye. Um, Johnny writes in, um, I save money on the minimum thing like roll pins, springs, detents, except safety selector. Um, and then, uh, one of our favorites chimed in on this, uh, Rocky from unbranded AR, um, hearted it. So there's a, that's how you can save, uh, through one of our great friends of the show, unbranded AR, but those are the things that you can pick up cheap and, uh, you know, you can get extravagant with them. You can get plutonium ones. Or you can just get the basic well, ones that'll get the job Technically, done. you can't get plutonium ones. I'm pretty sure somebody that's out a, there that's has a controlled material. plutonium roll pins. Maybe in a you know street market in Russia. You know what? We have Russian listeners. Well, maybe we should ask them to try to smuggle some plutonium. plutonium yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> I like my freedom. I don't like Federal Supermax. Never been there before. So let's see. Bob Horn writes in. Ramen noodles for two solid months equals a respectable bolt carrier group. Amen. Love the ramen noodles. I'm a big fan of ramen. You know what? You can do a lot of things with ramen and some spices. Well, heck, you can do a lot of things with ramen and egg and cheese. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Wade writes in, uh, lowers, uppers, barrel. Uh, of course, I hit up sales like Black Fridays and holidays. Um, you know, lowers and uppers go on sales a lot, especially towards this time of year. Thanksgiving, Black Friday and stuff, you're going to see some low price stuff. Um, so yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with him. Yeah. Let's see. Tom sticks wall, I guess. Hmm. You aren't most assassins three name folks. Lee Harvey Oswald, John yep. Wilkes Booth. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tom, if you're not, that's okay. It's okay. We're not going to hold it against you. So he says lowers. He says if you wait for sales, they can be found pretty cheap. I, I agree with that. But, you know, the lowers, I think, as a percentage of the cost of your rifle are probably a very small percentage of its cost. Wouldn't you think? The barrel? As a bigger percentage of your cost? I mean, if you're talking like a $50 arrow precision lower, what are you going to pay for a barrel? I think you'd be somewhere in the high 100s. No, no, no. Just in terms of the market. I'm going to say 150 to, to 225 is where I'd probably yeah. be at sitting. So yeah, I mean, I think you can save money on the lower, but as a percentage of the whole, I don't know if it, the it's a smaller chunk of money yeah. than if you were compromising elsewhere. Now, the, one of the things I've seen is like closeout barrels, like Faxon does closeouts from time to time where they're moving on and they're going to yeah. do something else. If you're cool with that, sometimes they have 50% but, you off. You know, I'm yeah. a big fan of blemish stuff. Yeah. Because honestly, I'm going to blemish it. Nine times out of ten, when I see something blemished, I can't find the blemish. I mean, it's some QC guy that's got, you know, eagle eyes and attention to detail, you know, through the roof that, that, uh, put it on the side, but I can't see the blemish. So, and, and frankly, I don't care. I mean, blemishes on a barrel. I think that's hysterical, you know. Why do you want a blemish-free barrel if you're going to use the dang thing? You're probably going to put a blemish on it pretty quick. quick. Probably putting it together. Yeah. Uh, Blemished items, I think, are awesome deals. Uh, Tom writes in, it's a period of time of buying stuff two or three parts at a time, not all at once. Again, that patience. Patience. What do you call them? The patience brigade. Patience brigade, yeah. Yeah, You see, it's a thing. People have it. It's not... Cool. Unicorn level stuff. If everybody JD. jumps off a cliff, I'm not going to jump off a cliff. I can't swim. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, I like that. You, you consider being patient, uh, lemming like that's not what it is. 
I feel like I'm being psychoanalyzed at the moment. Can we move on to Jody's? All right, sure. So Jody writes in, uh, getting parts from <coughs> prize tables at three gun matches. So that's what he likes. Jody's pretty prolific when it comes to three gun. I see his stuff on Instagram and stuff. He's He does pretty well for himself. You know, I'd like to get into the three gun matches, but I like my marriage. Uh, I'm going to have to wait until the kids get a little older and a little more self As soon as they can start carrying a cart around for me, I am all in. No doubt. I want to do it too. See, Jim Wilkerson writes in on food mostly. Walk to work instead of buying gas. <laughs> Way to go, Jim. Uh, Nate, last name redacted for his own safety. <laughs> Save on all that silly bleep my wife wants. Now, Nate did post on Facebook, so I think he's probably screwed. Maybe maybe his wife is on MySpace. Oh, okay. We'll hope. Nate may be on Facebook because of his wife. <laughs> so let's see. Tony writes in, I cut down my fishing and kayaking expenses. Uh, Jim says... No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tony, why are you even polluting the, the income stream with such superfluous things? I mean, really, we're AR addicts. We have black rifle disease. Who, I mean, is there even a kayaking disease? Like Dayglo kayaking disease? Yeah, it is. It's going DKD? kayaking when you should be spending money on your AR. Oh, is that a disease? Yeah. All right. So Jim up next, um, saving money on ARs for the next build, um, hiding things where his wife can't find it. Jim's last name has been redacted too for <laughs> the safety of his future. So Billy Atwell, Atwell took us seriously, and he says that he uh, cuts, uh, he saves on the stock and the handguard. Both things you can upgrade down the road. Well, and more than that, both things where you can find a very suitable alternative, reasonably priced to begin with. Mm -hmm. That isn't made in China. You can get one made in. GGG. <laughs> so let's see. Um, Russell. Writes in, it's hard to want to save anywhere when you're building one part at a time. Good point. Patience, brigade, wins out again. True. Uh, Nathaniel, depends on the purpose of use of building it for 500 yards or less. Optics, never cut corners on iron sights. They're mandatory. They're not mandatory. They are mandatory. There are, I they have are. rifles that don't have iron sights. It's not mandatory. I don't believe. I know you. Who are you? I don't do the iron sight thing. <laughs> All right, so Rusty Jenkins writes in, I try to save money on non-essential parts like barrels and bolt carrier groups. You see, Rusty, he likes to shoot Chinese communist manufactured parts. <laughs> uh, Austin and up next, I'm patient in shop sales. I've also sold my left nut and a kidney. Uh, there you go. That is a commitment that I like to see from our listeners, someone who's willing to give up body parts for the greater good. Oh. Robert Ross writes in on buying the right parts the first time around. You know, I agree with you. I agree with Robert, but you know, it's hard Cause, when you haven't learned the hard lessons by buying a yeah. crappy part three times. <laughs> and there's also, you could buy it. See, the thing is, is Robert, you could buy the right part for this time, but then in six months, you're like squirrel. Yeah. And then you're buying a new handguard and a new, you know, you get a new stock or something like that. And you get one of those Fortis, uh, the LA stocks that they have you like, or something comes up a PDW stock. And you're like, Ooh, it's shiny. So, uh, I get it. Mike writes in save money. Uh, that's fake news. Boy, I think we can all relate to kind of that. 
So Marty Sanford writes in, I try to save my money before I start. Once again, the Patience Brigade. Cash and carry. Deferred instant gratification. We're going to see Cap at SHOT Show. I think we are. Because he wrote in, he wrote profanity. We can't share it. Iron sights. Oof. Cut corners on iron sights. I, see, I know that he's poking a bear. I, I know he is because Mike, he, he, as a Marine, understands. All right. So Craig. You know, he actually offered, like, I sold him a gun part a couple months ago and he offered to pay me in iron sights. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig. Is it Bathurst or Bathurst? Uh, I thought we weren't doing last names. Well, it's all on Facebook. Yeah. So they but our Facebook shared. page, our Facebook page is private. We don't we don't share that information. It's not private. That yeah, is, we don't share that information with anybody. It's not private. And yeah, Craig, sorry, three under the bus. All right. So Craig waits for stuff to go on sale. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, we've had it again and again and again. Patience, patience brigade. Ed. Writes in, says nowhere. Yeah, he doesn't save any money anywhere. Yep. He goes, goes big or goes home. Yeah, that works. Jim Carlson says he saves money on the ammo. Jim Carlson shoots bear. Yeah, not me. I, 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 I have a threshold. I have a threshold. <clears throat> I have a baseline. My AK will eat anything I throw at it, and I've run some bear through it before, but it is like just about 10 rounds. It is nasty. Dirty. So I ugly, buy, I buy actually stuff. good AK ammo to treat my AK right. So we see, I don't, I think that's against the, the, the warranty and, and, the instruction manual, isn't it? You know what? You're supposed Ivan, to use the filthiest, dirtiest, cruddiest ammo in an AK. Ivan already hosed me when he decided to gr- drill my grass ports wrong and I had, had to redo them. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't care about the warranty. I'm not sending it back to Ivan. <laughs> Dude's had too much vodka. <laughs> All right. Well, Fabian says you don't. Good point. Yeah. You don't say funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey writes in, I try to use as much duct tape as possible. I'm trying to envision where you would really be able to uh, properly apply duct tape. Man, I bet I'd make a nice shiny handguard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. Dave Lane, he's into handguards again. We've heard that a couple times. I think that's a good point. And Jay says, not on the barrel or the trigger group. I think Jay is, once again, he's toe in the party line. So I think we can kind of wrap up. Some of the things that we believe from prior shows as follows. The things you should spend money on. Bolt carrier groups, barrels, triggers, backup iron sights. Eh. And, you know, we pulled this off of an old show, magazines. And I, I tend to agree that you can have a number of reliability issues if you're using some cheap unproven brand of magazine. The problem with that statement broadly is that I think mostly re- most recognized magazines are not that kind of magazine. A Magpul magazine, Brownells, you know, Millspec magazines. Um, you know, there's probably a half a dozen other magazines that are all good quality that we all turn to when, when we, we have the choice. And so I, I just don't know that there are bad magazines you can find anymore. I, I think there is. Is there? I think you're going to find some magazines that are not like knockoffs or really cheapos or something like that. Like I don't like Chinese made ones. Yeah. Chinese made ones. There's even some American made ones that are pretty rough that you get. Um, I run into it a lot 
with my AK and my Sega more than I do my AR. Um, those things, I have some problems with mags with those. Even the HK stuff, you find some secondary or think about, you know, pistol caliber carbines, the, uh, Glock mags, the oh, knockoff yeah. Glock mags and stuff, the Korea ones. You just got to be really careful. You want to make sure it's going to perform when you have it. And that's man, true. that's true. Don't, don't, don't cheap out on magazines. Well, so in terms of honorable mentions, you know, mounts. You know, I think if you're going to put an optic on your rifle, you want to get a solid mount. You don't want something that's going to be changing, moving on the rail, because then you're going to mess up your zero. You're going to mess up your you know, point of impact. Mm-hmm. So you want a quality mount that's going to be where you want it to be. Um, Lower receiver. No, I think we're going to take that out. I no, mean, I think okay. That's the point. So you're going to throw an Anderson on your build? No, no. But I think that if you're talking about saving money, I mean, really, we think that arrow precision lowers are very quality starting point lowers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not the, you know, super bells and whistles model, but it's still a sound, solid, awesome deal. But you don't want to go lower than that. Well, I don't think that there is anybody that we would say is lower than that because you don't recognize anybody lower than that. Anderson. Yeah. But I think the point is, is that really, if you're talking about true savings, you're not going to save any money there. I mean, what's not 10 really. bucks in terms Well, I mean, of, an arrow goes on sale. I mean, they're so low right now. Yeah, and if you look, Brownells does $50 the, on Brownells, $49.99 the last then, time I checked. And I bet on Black Friday you'll be able to buy five of them for $210. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There. So there's, yeah, I, get, I guess it. Now, the one that I did put on here are buffer springs. And I'll tell you why. You know, uh, we talked to Cap. Uh, Cap has several all-Navy uh, service rifle uh, wins. Uh, as a competitor. And, you know, I, I, I trust that when he's talking to the folks that are out there in, in that environment where you want the reliability and you're trying to make sure that it's going to do its job every time. Um, the thing that he goes back to all the time are quality springs. And he recommended, uh, springs, um, that I have in several of my rifle. Um, but they're stainless steel springs. Uh, you find them on Brownells. So I'll, I'll try to find him and if you, if you want to know, but he says most of the problems he's ever found that people have with the AR as a platform when they're using it are the result of those springs. Changing the springs fixes that problem. Um, we could probably have cap on. He can wax poetic about what his angle is for that. But the point is, is that I think that, you know, that's something that all things considered, you can spend a little more than your standard $15 buffer spring and still get a good quality you, you can you can buy something that's going to add to the performance of your rifle so i think that's a good honorable mention on something that you don't necessarily have to cut corners on now five things that you can save some money on i'm going to say lower parts kits um mr reed has been collecting lower parts kits and we've been talking about them a lot like lately uh, critical capabilities through unbranded ar brownells also has them you've been able to pick them up relatively cheap um, you know, you always want, you want to have some lower parts kits on in case that detent spring goes flying into your beard and you can't find it. So uh, I think that's one of the areas that you can save. Yeah. Now we put optics down here and I don't want you to think that, that we don't like quality optics, but I think you can find some pretty effectively competitively priced optics that are going to do an outstanding job. And, you know, for instance, um, 
the uh, SIG electronic sites and the um, Vortex sites. Uh, there are many others in the same space that are just as high quality, that do just as good a job. You know, why do you need to buy a $1,000 red dot when you don't think you're going to be jumping out of an airplane or, you know, abusing the heck out of it? So sacrifice some of that budget on the optic, and I think you'll be able to get by just fine. Next, uh, muzzle devices. I know people love to, to you know, try to find the muscle device that's going to, you know, do them the best. But honestly, until you've refined your technique and skill level to the, the point of some of these really high-end competitors, you're not going to know the difference between something that the, the muscle device cures or your experience cures. And so I think it's a waste of money to start out with. I love me a flaming pig, though. That's more like a showpiece than it is a. I love me an Avesky flaming pig. All right. Uh, up next, buffer tubes. I I just don't see that it's doing all that much in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. I think you could save some money there. Now, I will tell you, uh, primary weapon systems has an awesome oh, ratcheted end plate. Yeah. And I like the look of their buffer tube, but I think truth be told. The buffer tube really functionally is serving very little uh, in the way of making your firearm operate well. Now, if you're going to be in combat, butt stroke on a, you know, adversary with the rifle you're carrying, you may want something that's going to be okay. But let's see. And I guess we've had this last one come up again and again. What is it, JD? Hand guards. And you can always upgrade them in the future. You can get decent cheap handguards it'll do the job where you, if you have a vert grip you can hold that you hold out your handguard it's really not going to affect the functionality of your rifle no i mean i think that there is there is a small group that would say you know the handguard attached to the barrel nut has the potential of transferring some impact to accuracy but i mean that's like a whole nother level of shooter but yeah and i mean as long as you're not buying anything from china i think you're 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 good. Uh-huh. I think you got it. You're good, no matter what it is. As long as it's not from China, you're good. I think that's a pretty interactive where to save a buck show. I think it is. I think, and you know what? I think our listeners really, in terms of ideas and contributing um, and, and contributions, are are right on point. Now, I mean, I wouldn't suggest doing without water and lights, like or water and electricity, like Mark said because my wife would leave me (laughs) my wife would be gone so you know if you're a bachelor you're good to go you know set up a tent and get a space heater and you're you're good to go but otherwise i think our listeners right on point so i think that wraps up the show doesn't it i think it does so uh if you have any questions or comments you can send them to us ar15.podcast at gmail.com that's ar15.podcast at gmail.com don't forget to enter the complete rifle give build giveaway uh from unbranded ar um you can sign up for that at our website ar-15podcast.com that's ar-15podcast.com also support the show there um if you'd like uh Jake is closing out some of our inventory at the Patriot Patch Company so if you want to help us out there we've got some shirts and patches some stickers for sale um all of it goes to benefit the podcast so you go visit the Patriot 
patriotpatchcompany.co and click on partners and you'll find us right there. You can help us out. Subscribe and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Share your pics with us on Instagram at AR15podcast and on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash AR15podcast. All right. I guess with that, our marathon podcasting session is close to being over. I think we've got one more in us. Yeah, we may do one more. Yeah. All right. So, guys, have yourselves a good week. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.